0: Welcome to the M3Bear Essentials Podcast. My name is Malcolm Travers. Each Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I host a YouTube live broadcast and invite the editors and contributors of Mail Media Mind to present a topic of their choosing. We discuss politics, social issues, especially those facing the black and LGBT communities, entertainment, mental health, sexuality and relationships, or whatever makes the news or makes us mad. View the show recording live to ask questions or comment in the chat. Subscribe to M3 on YouTube to get a notification when we go live. You can find links to our YouTube page and other social media platforms at MailMediaMind.com. Now, enjoy the show. And we are live. It is Sunday, February 5th, 2017. Welcome to the M3 Sunday Hangout. I'll be your host, Malcolm Travers. Male Media Mind is a grassroots organization dedicated to uplifting and unifying the black bear community, the dialogue, inside creativity, and knowledge every Sunday, whenever we get started, usually around 2 p.m., around 3 right now, uh, we like to, to bring up all the topics in the news that have uh, made us mad or interested and just want to spark a conversation. I have a lot of political topics today, but, you know, we talk about we often have conversations about race LGBT issues, health and fitness, mental health, you know, whatever, you know. Um, if you want to be a part of this conversation, uh, we'd love to get your feedback. Um, if you go to youtube.com slash male um you'll find our live feed on our page and you can comment in the uh, live chat. I'm hoping Marco will um, be looking at that because I can't open the page. <laughs> From my screen. And also I just want to do an extended introduction to everybody because we have received a few new viewers. And I just want everyone to introduce themselves again. I'm going to start with Xavier because he has a he's on the road. Um I can never actually say your title <laughs> but he's in the mental health field. Uh Xavier will you introduce yourself to our audience?
1: Sure. I'm Xavier Spann here in Atlanta, Georgia. And what I am is a licensed psychoanalyst for the Georgia corrections facilities as well as for um, uh, their mental health facilities here in uh, Atlanta, Georgia.
0: Oh, awesome. And I do have a lot of uh, topics that I want to run by you. Like, David always keeps me on my toes about the science because he knows it. (laughs) And, um, you know, I have to Google. I'm I'm mostly a spectator, but I I love the conversations we have. Uh, Mark Oestis, the N3 Entertainment Editor, he's joining us from Tennessee. You know, is a great writer, actually, and has blogged about television and everything. Uh, why don't you uh, say hello to everybody?
2: Well, first and foremost, thank you for the introduction. Uh, secondly, I'm Marco S. I'm the entertainment editor of the M3 Entertainment Podcast, Hangout, whatever you want to call it. And um, I'm an assistant head librarian, and that's about it. All
0: right. And we Control have... Both play. <laughs> We're going to talk about that, too. We also have uh, Lonnie Richardson. He's also on the road. He's joining us from Atlanta, Georgia. He's the host of the Lonnie's Life Lessons page and light, Late Night Bear Talk. And he just had a birthday. <laughs> What's going
3: on, Lonnie? Hey, guys. How's everybody doing?
0: Hey, pretty good. And we, also, right. <laughs> and we also have Derek Jones, who is joining us from the New York area. I'm always... You <laughs> sometimes in New Jersey, but uh he is a. I am sometimes <laughs> in. Yes, that's true. Um, but he is joining us from New York, and he is a renowned leatherman, baker, an all-around funny dude. <laughs> Welcome, Derek.
4: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, and so I think
4: you've covered everything. So I don't. I can't
0: really introduce myself. <laughs> but no, I'm just happy that you're here. And um, we have plenty of topics to discuss. But as always, I like to get the panelists to introduce a topic of their own. Um, one of the things I was saying in the chat earlier was, um, you know, I have a lot of political topics this week. I'm going to run through them and then we'll go into them in detail. Uh, we'll talk about the, um, the travel ban and how it got lifted, how to impact it. Different groups such as uh, universities and hospitals, which are high, you know, have a lot of immigrants who come as students and doctors and so forth. Um, We're also going to talk about the, um, I guess, this video Lonnie posted about the uh, immigration ban and, you know, why people might oppose it or support it and so forth. Uh, We also have, um, let's see, bills, bills across the country in different states that are trying to crack down on protesters, which I think started with the Black Lives Matter movement, but has moved into these, the Women's March and the Immigration Marches as well. Uh, We're going to also talk about the uh, opposition to the Trump administration and some of the things that are really important. Because something that's come up for me is I feel like Trump is playing us like a reality show and throwing us all these conflicts that we get up in arms about, but the shit that's really important, um, we're kind of ignoring a little bit because there's just so much to talk about. Um, so we're going to talk about two specific things that really bother me about his administration, how we can you know, fight against it. Um, we're also going to talk about, or at least we might talk about uh, this ATF. Uh, The ATF seeks to increase a sharp increase in agents in Chicago. Um, I guess last year, you know, statistics statistics were showing that it was one of the most violent years that um, has happened in a U.S. city in years. So uh, I guess it's warranted, but uh, we'll talk about it um, in more detail. Um, And I got other stuff, but I don't want to keep droning on. Um, Like I said, we got to get into some of these. I think I'm going to start with the travel ban. Um, uh, so I guess what was it a week ago Monday or Sunday um, has it
4: only been a week has it only been two weeks
0: <laughs> it's only been two weeks since his administration and I believe it was last Sunday wow. um, maybe Saturday last weekend uh, the Trump administration issued this ba- uh, travel ban for seven specific countries and Syrian refugees from any country
4: was it Sunday or Friday
0: uh, it could have been Friday. I know it was Friday. Yeah. I know that protests had just broken out Sunday. I remember that at the, the top of the hangout. Um, you no, know, Spontaneous protests broke out across the country in places like New York, L.A. At the airport. Uh, even Birmingham. Yeah, at airports. Um, there's a lot of people who were vetted and ready to travel to the United States were not allowed. Uh, some of these people have been vetted for more than four years they've been through this process of trying to get to the country and then boom, just kind of kicked out. So those people are actually going to be coming back this week. Um, there was an injunction ordered in Washington state. They lifted at least temporarily. We got like two weeks window for all those people who have been vetted to go ahead and travel Because the you know, the vetting process it's a minimum of two years, you know? So yeah, while they fight it out in the courts, at least the people who are already vetted will be able to come through. The whole reason for the travel ban was because, you know, part of his platform was that they didn't think they had extreme vetting. I'm not exactly sure what extreme is, but we're talking about, you know, investigative type interviews that are taken with everyone who comes in this country. Um, yeah, I think they're basically in the political realm, conflating the immigration problem in Europe to the immigration Situation here because you know Germany alone took in about a million Syrian refugees we took in about 20,000 you know there's a huge difference (laughs) and those 20,000 who came here had to go through years of interviews and investigation and you know they make them watch videos about you know American culture and like are you okay with women not having their face covered and you know it's pretty extreme as it is. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what you add. Um, you know, these experts about. Like, what could you possibly add to this to make it safe? safe?
4: Well, what you can add is a list of places where we haven't actually suffered from. We haven't actually suffered from any terrorist activity from any of those places. that got banned, but the places where terrorists have actually come from are not on the band that's true and there are also places where trump has business holdings i'm sorry and i need to stop calling it a band because it's not a ban. <laughs> yeah and those are those are your words those are your words that you're using i'm simply using the words that you gave me.
0: <laughs> yeah he he basically like early in the story um part of this ban was a consultation with rudy giuliani um I guess he has connections within you know, law enforcement and so forth. And he went to him, he came to him and said, I need you to get together some people who can make a Muslim ban legal. <laughs> and he's like, first of all, you can't call it a Muslim ban. Um, and, you know, so they. I think they probably covered the basis because they banned all immigration from these countries, but they said they would prioritize people of minority faith, which is a code word for Christians. <laughs> these are all majority Muslim country, So, those people from those countries who are Christian or not Muslim can come to this country. I think that's a Muslim ban. <laughs> I'm just saying. So, uh, they might not call it that, and that it might get through that legal loophole, but... Um,
4: well, apparently not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> apparently not. Um, but one of the more disturbing things about the, the Muslim ban, which I think has slipped under the radar, this is from a story I was going to talk about later, but might as well include it here. Was um, I guess the acting attorney general was fired because of her opposition to the ban. So she basically has- she
4: wasn't up- she wasn't opposed to the ban. She never said no to the mm-hmm. ban. What she said was, "I can't say yes because I'm not sure this is legal. I need to actually go check."
0: Yeah, yeah.
4: And that's been the largest problem of all of this is that the ban Mm -hmm. came down the pipe without you know, normally when you make these executive actions, you have to run them through the policy, they call them policy stores because several people have to chime in on the language and is this legal and how do we make this legal and none of that happened. It was like Trump and three people in a room that said, okay, we're going to write this up. We're going to do this. Yes. They didn't tell anybody.
0: Exactly. Yeah, it was bad. And they, the reason they gave was they wanted to not give the bad guys a heads up, which is bullshit because, like I said, it takes two but years. But again, if you're
4: talking about, the, like you said, if it yeah. takes two years, you can't do the process in two
5: hours.
0: Yeah, exactly. It takes two years to vet people. There's no fear of the bad guys getting through the system. When, yeah, but anyway, they live in their separate reality. But I'm just saying this though, the firing of Sally Yates is what troubles me. Because the Attorney General really is supposed to be. Uh, they're supposed to put a check well, she on
4: was just, I, she, she was just a placeholder anyway. She wasn't going to keep the job.
0: No, she wasn't. But I still think it's troubling. Uh, yeah. well, uh, oh, I agree. I
4: think that, says, that
1: speaks a larger part to what's kind of really going on is that he's systematically getting rid of any kind of checks and balances. That currently exists, you know. There's the reason why the attorney general, you know, is there, and why the attorney general had to approve something like that. So his whole thing is, if you're not for me, you're against me. You got to go. And to me, that's that's not a part that that's going to be more detrimental than anything. Exactly.
0: Yeah, that's troubling. That's one of the major troubling things about his administration to me is, you know, when um, Jeff Sessions is approved. I think he was approved to be attorney general. I'm not sure. If he's been sworn in yet, but this, I don't know, it's pretty ominous that he feels like the attorney general should always be on his side. I mean, the attorney general is who, you know, started the investigation against Bill Clinton for impeachment. You know, he's not supposed to be on the president's side. He's on the people's side. He's the law enforcement, highest law enforcement official of the country, you know? So that's supposed to be independent of the president. And that's really, really troubling. Because of all the crazy shit that Donald Trump, I mean, yeah, within the first week, (laughs) second week, I'm sorry, second week of his presidency, you know, he's already, you know, issued an executive order, which has been overturned by the courts, and he's fired the attorney general who spoke up against it, or at least said, I need to vet it, you know. Because I think the biggest problem, like I said, in the early stages was the removal or, um, of those people who had already been vetted, those who have green cards or visas, you know, yeah. those people have already gone through a process of, you know, being cleared. So, like, that was a step too far. And it's, I don't know, we'll see about it. Um, one of the other things I want to talk about the travel ban was how it affects people, and I want to get into Lonnie's video, since it's on the same topic. Um, so, uh, Lonnie's video was talking about why I guess the black community should not support or not support those who are protesting the ban, mainly because you know, we're at the bottom of the socioeconomic level, you know, culturally at least, um, not economically. But we're basically at the bottom of the social strata. Why should we be helping someone who is higher on the social strata if they're not going to help us argument I didn't listen to the whole video, like I said. I watched about thirty seconds, and I said, "Oh, I get the idea." And I, I figured Lonnie might be able to speak on why he posted it. And, um, what he got from the video.
3: Um, the reason why I posted it was just to get other people's opinion about the about the band, as well as to see if people agreed with him or did not agree with him at all, and. From what it seems as though is those that a lot of people did not agree with his thoughts regarding the band. Um, and that was just basically the reason why I posted yeah. it because it seems as though the heterosexual community, the black heterosexual community, sees things slightly different than the, L- the black LGBT community. So I just thought it was really hey. interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think there is something to that because um, I, I noticed like in his video, he talked about um, how the early prior to Rainbow Coalition or um, you know, some of the major events of the civil rights movement that you know, communities of color didn't support immigration at all, which is true. Um, it is a fact that in the 50s, um, we were probably as anti-immigration as anyone else. Um, but that was because it was there were <laughs> um, many things in the 50s that we would no longer agree with. From the black community, such as
5: exactly
0: the stance on LGBT rights, on women's rights, on a host of different issues that are, mm-hmm. you know, more a, you know, a part of the zeitgeist at the time. You know, uh, yeah. I'm who just was, who was the guy? I don't know who that guy is. I don't know. Yeah,
3: he was YouTube blogger. I, I don't. He's hey, not hotel. somebody that,
2: I, Oh, yeah. that's all you had to say there was some hotel because I they I
5: mean.
0: Think? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. He is. He is. What's interesting about his video, and I think is interesting, is that he's smart enough to put together a cogent argument, um, but he's ignorant enough to be incredibly wrong about it. You know, and I think that's sort of the sort of um, nature of everyday people. I think I I appreciate Lonnie for posting it because it does it does kind of represent what an average. You know, person might think. Um.
2: I'm, I'm glad that Lonnie said that it's the viewpoints between a heterosexual black man and maybe an LGBT, you know, black man are so drastically different. And I'm glad that he pointed it out because a lot of people would be quick to say, oh, no, it's not, no, it's not. It is. It is. And that's a conversation that needs to be had because we might have a common goal, but we probably have a different path of getting to that said goal. And if we have different paths and different ideals, then getting to said goal is going to be complicated. I mean, every time we're going to run into a problem. And unless we're all on the same page from point A to point Z, not point A to B, but point A to point Z, we're going to always be blind. Yeah. We're going to be always at this point in life, but we're going to be constantly like, trying to figure out why we are in the way, why, why we're the situation we're in right now.
0: Yeah. Um, I would say the, the main reason why I disagree with his video um, has to do with sort of being on the right side of history, in a sense. Exactly. Um, it's just, that's an antiquated idea that he was provoked um, We live in a world now, and I think it's the problem of Middle East in general, it really doesn't have much to do with religion. It has to do with culture and a culture that doesn't accept outsiders that well. Um, I think it, it, we're going to live in a global society, whether we like it or not, just because the level of technology that connects people, the ability for us to travel freely, we're going to be intersecting with each other a lot more. Um, and our yeah. attempts to stop that is evil. It's It's not going to happen. So... Uh, we got to learn how to live together i mean that's just man, the way it goes um
3: but how do we learn to live together with other cultures when we can't even live together with our own goddamn culture
0: yeah we got to do it at the same time man <laughs> you got to I, walk I, I don't think you got to be able to do both um, <laughs> um i think
4: what we, i'm sorry go ahead uh, his
0: viewpoint I thought was interesting because it came up
1: um, and it, it sounded a lot like the viewpoint of a guy in the barbershop uh, when I was getting my hair cut one time and he had a uh, very same, similar kind of stance on the, on, the, on the topic and I thought it was interesting because um, the older gentleman sitting in there, like this cat probably got age. Nice. so the other gentleman that was sitting in there they was throwing him amens and throwing ties and offerings at him and i'm sitting here thinking you, you all know are old about? enough that you should know better you know that would be my first thought but not really but then you know i think about something that one of the president said you know an injustice anywhere is an injustice everywhere so how long okay so for right now the attention is turned on you know middle eastern people and particularly those of the muslim faith well how long before that anger and anguish turns against you You know, it's like i tell them all the time People talk about, you know, they best friends, she talk about everybody, she do this, this, and this, and then you get surprised when she does it to you. And I'm like, well, how long did you think that would last? I mean, seriously, how long do you thinking before they turn on you? If it'll do it to any and everybody else, you're what, what makes you any different? Why are you exempt? And I think that's one of the main points that he's missing. I was out of a lot of other things about, you know, the fact that we're going to mess around and cut our noses off if we keep going this right. Because you got to keep in mind, a lot of the oil and resources that this country uses comes from other countries. And if we don't learn how to play ball with these other countries, we're going to be sitting up here trying to figure out how we're going to get gas for our vehicles and where we're going to get our next uh, Toshiba television. So, you know... This level of ignorance is astounding, but it's it, it's there. Yeah, he, I mean, and then like you said, who is he? Well, good question. Who is he? He's a non-factor. He Thank just has. You. Unfortunately, social media has this negative connotation where they also put non-factors out there to spread ignorance amongst the
5: land. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: he's on. But I, I, I wanted to talk specifically about how it affected how it can affect the black community, because I think that was an argument. One Very negatively,
1: because yeah. the black community goes for the loudest thing in the room, so he would, he would be a sounding board for the loudest person in the room, probably the least intelligent but the loudest, and people tend, our people tend to go in that direction, you know, we like the preachers that jump and shout and scream, and run up and down an aisle, we ain't really all, it, it's, some of us are down for the, the quieter preachers, but it's not a majority of the rules thing. Um, and so with him, it's the louder, he's the louder of the two. And so therefore our people particularly move in that direction.
3: what yeah. so would be the solution that you would give to somebody like that or for people like that, Xavier?
1: So every time he, oppo- he posts something, then you have to put somebody out there that's capable of opposing an alternate viewpoint, not an alternate <laughs> fact. Oh, make what? sure I make that clear. Not an alternate <laughs> fact. An you viewpoint, and it needs to be very clear. It needs to be very concise, and this person needs to be, you know, they need to be able to articulate the point, but not on a level that only those of similar education can understand. But they need to be able to articulate this fact, the facts of the situation, to where any and everybody can understand. Exactly. I was going
2: to
3: throw in, you, you um, know, anybody like that.
1: I mean, I think there's a lot of people out there like that. I think I've come across plenty of them. The thing is that these people are oftentimes not very public in their viewpoints and their opinions.
2: But well, I was gonna throw in um another way it can affect us because some I have so many white people who take when you talk to somebody white and you give your viewpoint of what's going on or how things are, they, they take that as like that's how all black people think. And so uh you, I've had so many people come to me like we you know. Well, I have a black friend who said this and said that. I sit there and tell them, well, that's that's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? And they're like, well, I mean, that's how he. I said, well, he don't speak for me. You know what I'm saying? And so we. That's another week where he yeah. could, I think they could possibly, uh, you know, hurt, you no, know, yeah, injure. Yeah.
4: Mark, well, have you ever? Have you? Cause this is what I do in situations like that. Have you ever turned that back around
2: on them Kind, of, well.
5: Actually, yeah.
4: Because when I hear that, when I when I hear that, when I hear, well, I have a black friend who said such and such and such, my response is usually, well, there's this white guy that I grew up with, and the last time I talked to him was when he was 17, but he said such and such and such about white people. And so I think that's true for all of you. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs>
4: and usually, that usually puts them off just enough for me to come in with the, and that's exactly how you sound.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It is a good strategy. Yeah. But, I, you know, one of the things I was going to talk about were um, some of the ways that affected just our communities in general. Um, so one of the things about uh, immigration from overseas and, you know, in these countries and spe- specifically is you have to think about socioeconomics involved in going through the process of immigrating to this country. Meaning that it takes a lot of money and time and effort to go through that process. And the people who come here tend to actually, you know, have careers like in medicine, academia, you know. For instance, um, the travel ban affects about 15,000 academics who are from these countries. Uh, Students who are traveling. Yeah, it's a lot of people. (laughs) Uh, They actually had this doctor from Iran who's coming up with this uh, breakthrough on diabetes, who is not able to come to this country because of the ban. Uh, You know, you gotta think about the fact that we need some of these high level people in in our country to help the innovations that help everybody. You know, (laughs) like, it's just one of the-
4: I recognize that and you recognize that and Black Jesus recognizes that. But there is a whole group of people, you know, of non-color who don't recognize that, who don't recognize, you know, here we are in Black History Month and people are, you know, learning the women from hidden figures.
0: Yeah.
4: Perfect example. And there's a guy who's running around out there right now. I came across the video the other day. It's like, propaganda. This is propaganda. That shit didn't happen. Yeah. You know, and I was gonna say, like, that. My, to believe that anybody other than white people can bring anything to the table. Can you know? Yeah, yeah. I
0: was gonna. So you
4: got to get people past that mindset. Yeah. No. Was, and, and let the yeah. rest of us live a life.
0: Yeah, I was gonna go I'm through some statistics on diabetes and how it affects the black community to give you a very specific way in which. This travel ban hurts black people, <laughs> but I, we don't need to do that, do we? We need to go through the fact that it's one of the biggest killers of black people.
2: I hope a lot of black folks out there know this shit.
0: Yeah, and there are people from Iran working on it who come to this country for, you know, to talk to other scientists to share their work. And, you know, it it hurts people. The other way I was talking about was in the medical community in general. Um, in many large cities. About the United States, especially in the field of internal medicine, which I'm not very, very up to date on. Most of the people who practice, eighty percent, eighty percent of internal medicine practitioners are immigrants, mainly due to the fact that it's a hard job, that doesn't pay well. Uh, as far as in the medical community, because it pays well generally, but in the medical community, it's not a high sought after. Uh, right
1: because it's not you're not going to get fame and fortune for being a great internalist you know
5: right
1: now if you're a plastic surgeon you know here the money is in specialty so i specialize in whatever and so you know you get the bill higher and then if you're somebody let's say you do plastic surgery you're out there in california florida and you're a well-known very good plastic surgeon you're going to make millions of dollars a year but you can be the best internalist there is and nobody people have to i can't remember who their internalist name is Exactly, um, Because that's the doctor you go to when you, you know, for yearly physicals Checkups, something is kind of Wrong, and then it goes Beyond his scope of practice, and he refers You out to a specialist, and, it, and then It picks up from there, you know He died, he finds, he figures, your labs Aren't right, you might have He thinks this is cancerous looking He sends you to an oncologist,
0: the money comes up Yeah, and I was going to say Those, those doctors who Practice internal medicine tend to serve minority communities a lot um, just because of the fact that they're, they're taking a lower pay cut because I guess of you know, the economic differences that we're talking about. Where they send that money, because that was something in the video, he said they send their money back to their families. Of course they do. <laughs> but they're also serving the communities that they live in. You know, you get something for the money you know, that they get. Like if they open up a store and they serve you breakfast, you are serving you breakfast. <laughs> I'm just saying. You get something out of it too and they expect to be compensated. Like, obviously. Uh, that's how economics works. <laughs> but I'm just saying it it kinda unnerved me the video. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna harp on that too much. But I mean another area had to do with um with the Academy Awards, apparently the famous foreign film. I sent Mark a link to it because I haven't seen. Him. I don't watch it more Uh, Is up for an Academy Award, and he happens to be from Iran. He's probably going to win, you know, especially now. And I can't wait to hear those speeches. I'm just saying. <laughs> from the Academy Awards, could be the first Academy Awards since uh, Trump came into office, and we know, like, you know, entertainment is just the bastion of liberalism, even though. Even though people like Michael Moore got banned when he opposed the Rock War when he won for won for Columbine and he gave that speech he kinda got booed off stage. Well all I mean, it seems antiquated. Like everyone's opposed to the Rock War now. Yeah. You but know, everybody, uh,
2: I mean all the war shows this season so far have been very politically driven in terms of like with, with septa speeches. Let me, the acceptance yeah. speeches for all the war shows so far have been politically driven. It's like Deadline has always posted everybody's acceptance speech like immediately right after they get off the stage. And because, you know, I don't get a chance to watch half of them, but they, they, they then somebody will post it on Instagram or something. So, yeah, the Oscars are going to probably be just as lit with political,
0: you know, agendas and stuff like that. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, so I mean, that affects a lot of folks. Areas of life. Um, Like I said, the travel ban is probably going to go through eventually Um, just because of the fact that we did contact some people Mm -hmm. to make sure that it passed the constitutional test. Like, you can't actually have a racial or religion test for those people coming into the country. And they didn't didn't impose it like that. So, um, even though effectively that's what it does. Um, I think they were smart enough about it to uh, make it go through. And that's, you know, a theme if they were possible.
4: smart enough about it, then, then it would not be being opposed by the courts right now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I think they're in the court. I think it's an open question. I just think they have a, a, um, enough legal justification and a conservative court for it to go through. Um, we could talk about that, too, the, the Supreme Court justice nomination. Uh, was it Gorsuch, who um, was unveiled Tuesday? like uh, oh, The you know, Bachelor? Yeah, like The Bachelor was a reality show. I'm telling you, Donald Trump turned the presidency into you know, a reality, reality show. show. This yeah. shit pissed me off. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, So Gorsuch is um, a super conservative, probably to the right of Scalia, um, which is just about any Republican president. It's, I don't think um, Trump is special in this way. Any Republican president would have appointed this guy. This guy has been basically biting at the chops for this job his entire life. It'll also make him one of the youngest justices, so he'll probably be on the court for 30-something years. And what's even more disturbing is that he's intellectually sound, like a a true professional who happens to be conservative. He's not a wacko, you know? So he's probably going to fly through confirmation He's also probably going to have a lot of influence on some of the middle justices on the court who Scalia just generally was, you know, antagonistic toward like this guy you can have a conversation with. So he can have a conversation with Kennedy, who's the swing vote on the court and swing him conservative. That shit's scary. (laughs) I'm just saying he's been the only reason Kennedy has been the only reason that anything progressive has passed. And he's a Republican nomination nominee, you know, um, so I, I really do feel like any Republican would have appointed this guy. But um, something about the election, I have to give up to the Republicans, which was I didn't fully understand the strategy of blocking um, the other guy, Garland, uh, Obama's nominee. Um, and, I mean, I knew the basic idea was, like, you know, they're trying to get their, their candidate um, – If they win, they want to have keep the court conservative. I get that. But what I think influenced the election in some ways because it made the election more conservative, you know. And I think he campaigned on it many times. He said, Remember, Supreme Court justice, (laughs) you know, like it's one of the first things I'm going to do. And he did, like in the second week, uh, nominated a a conservative that every conservative would be happy with. Um, And I don't know why Democrats didn't have the same level of alarm about it maybe because I don't know. Garland was kind of middle of the road, too. Um, he wasn't a liberal justice. I, I mean, wasn't. Um, he would have been another Kennedy, basically. Um, so, I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm just going on a rant about him. <laughs> just, uh, but that's a, that's a major thing. Uh, I can't remember his name. You know, but Anyway, uh, another story, political. I promise I'll get off these if uh, anyone else has a topic. Had to do with Steve Bannon. He's been appointed to... This is the other thing that bothers me. (laughs) Steve Bannon bothers me. He's now on the Security Council. Uh, He's a principal on the council. So this is basically whenever, I guess, the Joint Chiefs present something to the president in order to make a decision on a highly executive level. So that has to do a lot of times with military actions, with uh, diplomatic sort of staff foods, anything that we have to act as a single country toward other countries. So it could be military action, it could be sanctions, it could be anything like that. Typically, you know, political operatives are not in the room, um, especially batshit crazy right-wing conservative <laughs> political operatives. You know, they tend to be outside the White House and obviously talk to the president at all times about everything, Uh, but they're usually not in the room. And um, that's fucking scary. I'm sorry. It is especially the sort of white nationalist background this guy has. Um, It's very disturbing to me. Anyway, that's all (laughs) about that. Uh, Let's see if there was something else. Uh, we talked did we talk a little bit about the the increase of the ATF agents to Chicago? So um I think this was a
4: yeah, whole list at the beginning of stuff that you said we were gonna
0: talk about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna
4: do the list at some point?
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm doing that one. Okay. okay so oh, okay. yeah, I'm doing the list. So this was the one about Chicago. Um the ATF has increased the agents to Chicago to stem the violence. So last year, uh, I guess there was a one of the largest increases in, um, you know, violence, murder, assault, arrest in a major city in many years. So it's not that thing, um, I guess, that the uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms is, uh, is looking to transfer you know many uh, I guess they said twenty new agents to Chicago in an effort to increase the federal presence of law enforcement. Um, but it's scary now because we've got Donald Trump That's <laughs> and, um, it's a little more ominous i I think it makes sense, but a simple news item like that seems really ominous now it
4: makes it makes sense if you're actually trying to take care of the problem, yeah because you know I feel a little personal about that whole. Um, Chicago thing, yeah, and I guess part of the problem is you're talking about sending folks in and doing this and doing that. You know, there's a whole lot of issues around what's happening in Chicago, and maybe, maybe we should actually sit down and discuss what some of those issues are instead of just sending more armed motherfuckers in. Um, yeah. you know, the, the, um um, Justice Department released its findings right before the inauguration that the police in Chicago was some of the most corrupt motherfuckers around. Um, you notice everybody has started talking about and I cannot th- Holman Square, that's the name of it. Mm. The black the Chicago black site where motherfuckers go in, like a roach motel, they go in, they don't come out.
5: Yeah.
4: Nobody knows where they are, nobody can find them. He's kind of stopped talking about Holman Square, but Holman Square still exists. Well, you know, perhaps that's the reason why the neighbors are restless.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's something else, especially just the language of administration on, you know, police and, uh, law enforcement, because, yeah. you know, they, they somehow, Turned the Black Lives Matter movement into the Yeah, they they turn it into oppression against law enforcement. Like we support law enforcement, and we are opposed to Black Lives Matter. That doesn't make any sense. I mean, it just uh, there's, anyways. So I mean, that's that's what bothers.
4: Xavier, this, uh, this 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 is what I need from Xavier since we're talking about Chicago. Um, what's the dude's name? All up Trump's ass, and talk to the 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 top thugs, the the top gang thugs in Chicago. I decided that if that they will lower the body count, body count, they're gonna get some social services. You didn't see this.
1: Oh yeah, that's not Chicago though. That's down here
4: Yeah, this is a thing that happened on February No, I wanted to know from a mindset My boyfriend taught me how to make up Like our homemade From a Psychological set What kind of fucked up shit is this? I don't get that
1: Because people like to look at train
4: wrecks
1: People like People like car wrecks and he's a correct everything he says and does is a correct, and people like to look at that. We glamorize it and glorify it, and we're like, Oh, okay, that's so crazy. And he so he, he provokes our emotional responses because what he says and does either hits you to the left or right, either you're happy he said it and did it, or you're not, um, you're like, I can't believe he just said and did that." it's one or the other. And so, the interesting thing about that is that Goldwater Rule came out to say, you know, to stop people from making so many judgments because there was so many um, psychologists and, and psychiatrists who were saying something about him and saying that his mental status doesn't it's not it's not matching up for somebody who you would typically see in our political system there's some there's some instabilities that represent themselves in him and so they were trying they had to put a stop to that because of the goldwater rule and so what he says and what he does is not filtered and that's one of the things they talk about is that he has the action of someone who can invoke or, or provoke a negative uh, outcome, either for our foreign policies or even here on our own homeland. I don't know how And and you know, at this point, not if he's president, can you say do about it because is what it is. Thank you. Or maybe
0: you can't count. It is. Yes. Well, that, that probably makes sense.
4: Frederick Douglass. Hopefully, Frederick Douglass sitting on the panel with him will. <laughs>
5: <guess I'm> <laughs> Yeah, because
4: you know every day Frederick Douglass is doing great and great
0: things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna actually uh, talk a little bit about Black History Month later. But um, thinking about Donald Trump and his psychology, I want to talk about the issue of trolls with Mark, um, if he can come back on. So basically, um, I wasn't there for the entertainment hangout, but Mark hosts M3 Entertainment Hangout Friday evenings. I'm usually out playing magic. Sorry, but <laughs> I've gotten back in the habit of that. Um, but, yeah, uh, there is basically a troll who – or a group of trolls who have been sort of stalking our Twitter feed. And, um, you know, our Hangouts automatically posted to Twitter. And they found their way into the Hangout Friday night. And we've had this happen before. I, I wasn't really paying attention. I'm not a Twitter person. So, um, you know, these trolls have been stalking us for, I don't know, about a month or so. Um, and they just come on, they flood the uh, Hangout with derogatory comments. And, and, and boost our viewership. Just to and say. boost our viewership. It's true. And, um, you know, they post a lot of comments with nigger and faggot in it. Um, I don't know what that is. I, I, I Part of me, I was, you know, having the conversation with someone else about it was, We don't necessarily identify ourselves as gay or part of the LGBT community, but in the conversation, it becomes pretty apparent. (laughs) We don't really need to say that we are uh, because, you know, we're just being ourselves. But, you know, maybe that's what it is. Like, they come on, they see it, and then they kind of go off or something, or they really are stalking us. But now I guess we've got the answer because they're stalking us on Twitter. And, um, you know, my instinct is just block and make no comment, you know because um, I think that's the way you deal with trolls. Uh, they're seeking attention. They're seeking a reaction out of you. Um, yeah, they think it's funny. I think a lot of them just do it for the kicks, you know, to see if they can get a row out of you, um, which is like a little kid, you know, like a little baby, you know, hitting someone it's on the playground. You if
4: a, if a party don't mean you got to go.
0: Yes. Yes, and yeah, and so I block instantaneously, Insta block. So I call it like block. Like I don't need to redo that. Um, but you know, in the past, it, I guess it had Mark set, but I had to say I'm really proud of the way he handled it Friday night, which was he just went through and blocked every person who made a racist comment, and um, I think report one because he made a death threat. You know, Ooh. yeah, which. I- a death threat. Um, I think the way he described it was, I, I hang niggers like ornaments on Christmas trees. Yeah. So yeah, you got reported. <laughs> just saying. And I just want to say, I guess all of us have a certain social media presence um, out there. I know Derek, you post a lot on Facebook and so forth. Um, have you had to deal with trolls in the past, and how do you I've, how do you deal with them?
4: Occasionally. If- very rare because, again, I have the, you know, I, I think it's very clear when you see me. I gives no fuck.
5: <laughs> this
4: is not going to upset me. And the worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to actually tell you where I am.
0: Yeah.
4: And see if you have the balls of the brass-ass monkey to show up.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like I, I said, mine has been immediate block. block. Um, I might comment on it like we are right now, but I don't really engage with them, you know. I mean, I just think that's what they're looking for is intention. I'm, I'm going to deprive you of what you're looking for, you know. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk to people about how they deal with trolls, because I, I've seen trolls really affect people really badly, you know, emotionally and so forth. Um, you know. They, well,
4: I'll, I'll, I will say this, and I'm going to get to the actual subject matter. Hmm. Uh, there was a post on my page recently Um. That i got a response to by this guy who went off on a whole entire tangent i mean he wasn't trolling or anything yeah. but it did i mean it went like way way left from yeah. what the original post was about and another friend of mine decided to respond to him about posting cat pictures <laughs> and Every response, every other response was a cat picture until the person that originally started the 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 line erased the whole thing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
4: I mean, but it drove it drove him, um, just these damn cat pictures. (laughs) So I think that's maybe a way to go the next time. You know, we have a uh, yeah, maybe just you know, post post some cat pictures.
0: Yeah, and it was interesting. Think, um, Chris was on the broadcast with Mark Friday night, and I think the way he said he dealt with pro was um, through advocacy, like especially if it's a thread. So I think he gave the example of a highly um, opinionated pro-life person about abortion and how it was going to destroy America and they're killing black babies and blah, blah, blah. And someone in the thread posted a link to – uh, support Planned Parenthood <laughs> and uh, you know actually got donations from this thread <laughs> to I think that's kind of the best revenge you can get is like your rant against abortion helped raise money for Planned Parenthood thank you <laughs> so uh, I think that's one method if that is available to you um, I don't
4: understand anti-abortion
0: yeah it is. It's, it's, it's a problem. It's
4: not your business. It's not your business. It's not your business. Yeah. I'm sure there's 50 other things over there that you can be bothered with. Yeah. What this woman does, and you're not related to her, and you're not the father, it's none of your fucking business. Yeah. And I think the world would be a much better place if we all just kind of learned to mind our own business. Yeah. I'm not saying cut folks off, but like what goes on in another motherfucker's house if, if if they if they in their house making you know bombs and shit and there's a chance they house might blow up and take your house with it, yeah, you should probably be concerned. Yeah, huh? you know, but if they are painting their walls purple and orange and the most horrendous colors in the world, your property value,
0: yeah, business. Yeah, it's true. I think that's a really great philosophy, generally, because it's not just saying stay out of other people's business, but mind your own. Like, you got problems you got to deal with. Pro-lifers, the,
1: the, their issue is not that. Their issue is the baby can't speak for itself, so somebody's got to be there to speak for them. The yeah. same way with the baby seals and the, the wolf pelts that, you know, I'm trying to get a fur made of um, there's nobody there to speak for them. So somebody's got to do it. And so that's where I am. I wouldn't be a good Christian if I didn't speak out against it. Yeah. Now, the best way to combat some levels of ignorance, because now I am devoutly Baptist. And because I you have are. a very strong understanding of God and how God works, I know that he gave us freedom of will and freedom of choice for a reason. And he's not going to supersede or intercede on no, and he's just not going to do that. So I feel like if we're going to go pro-life, I think this is how you get those pro-life people under control. If we're going to go pro-life, then Keisha's baby that she would have otherwise have aborted should be sent to live with on the dime of a pro-life person. Yes. Yes.
4: I agree. I think that's heart.
1: how you handle that. You you want you want these women to have these babies for whatever reason, and she wants to not have this baby for whatever reason. Then you're responsible for
0: it. Yeah, I would totally support any pro life ag- organization that was actively trying to get children adopted. I'm okay. There with you that. go. No, yeah, no, no,
4: no, no. Not to get children adopted. You adopt them. You're yeah. Right, you are responsible. You're a pro-life person. Pro-life. Your name has come up
1: in the lottery. That's what, it's yeah. your turn Actually, to take on this I baby.
4: You take this motherfucker.
0: <laughs> no, I, I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like an organization that got people who are pro-life together and have a pool of adoptions, like you said. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. And pro-life people, if they oppose it, obviously oppose it for different reasons. Because, yeah, you're talking about life doesn't end when you're born. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, they care about the baby up until it comes out. And it's like, uh, well. Yeah. Then it's get Go a hey. job, Bob.
4: Now, now you can speak for yourself. Right. Get a <laughs> job, you <laughs> bum. Exactly.
0: So, yeah, if you uh, put your money where your mouth is, I, I will respect that.
1: Yeah. You get but, them right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I am just a saying, like, on the
1: facility in their neighborhood or a group home in their neighborhood. These are all the children in the. And the whatever else is of people who didn't want their children and they're in your neighborhood now. That'll change a lot yeah. of shit real fast. Oh it will
0: It'll change the conversation in a major way and not to their favor, clearly, because
1: And what I was thinking about that I when we were talking about the uh trollers as you were saying, it made me think of the pro I mean the uh freedom of speech stuff, you know, mm-hmm. that we were also gonna go into eventually. Yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. thought process came up.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, I actually had a, a, a talk about that with Milo. What is his name?
2: Mike, he, asshole. That's all we gotta say about that. Oh, um, this oh, it's Milo. Uh, asshole.
4: Wait, because it ain't often Martin just come out of bag and call him a fucking asshole. Yeah. About.
2: Well, he said some shit that was very kind of like. I think he went after somebody. I think it was some somebody black. He went after yeah. somebody like that um, Leslie Jones. Yeah, he was taking Leslie Jones and stuff like that, and you no, know, and oh, people, that's the guy yeah. that got
4: knocked off Twitter. Yeah, mm-hmm. that dude, oh, that he asshole.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he deserves to be dish slapped. But anyway, he was supposed to speak at at uh, Berkeley, um, California University. Uh, is it University of California at Berkeley? Yeah. Okay. So he was going to speak there, and um, the students uh, put up a protest. Um, it, it actually got violent. Like Cars got tipped over, property didn't. people were arrested. I don't think anyone was hurt, but it sparked this conversation on the campus, and I was listening to this interview of two students, and it really did get uh, into the point of free speech rights because the conservative student was like, uh, you basically just played into Milo's hands by you know acting up and, and kicking him out of your university, basically, because he ended up canceling the speech and everything. And I think the other student had probably one of the most cogent arguments against free speech is against and understanding rights generally, which is, I've, I've often said it myself, which is, your rights end mm-hmm. when someone else's begin. You know? If you encroach on someone else's rights, your rights are over at that point. And I, I think it applies to the abortion issue, which, you know, like I said, a, a fetus is not a fully formed human being, but this woman is. And so you know, your rights to protect life in with this woman's right to choose, that's just how rights work. And the same thing with priests, which is you have the right to say whatever you want. The government is not going to come arrest you. You're not going to be confined by the government. And even if you don't look at it from a governmental perspective, just a social perspective, no one has the right to injure you. Like you can sue them. If they were to walk up to you and punch you in the face. You know, even though that's likely what happens to people like him. You know. And he provokes people to do things like that. But yeah, you can arrest that person, will be arrested for assault, and you know, you can sue them by saying your rights in when someone else has You have the right to say what you want to say, but you don't have the right to be heard. Yeah. No, one has, no one has the right to demand someone, you know, let them speak on a platform that you've built. Say the University of California system of education, like they have no obligation to give you a platform just because you want to come speak there so i don't know where the.
4: well here's the yeah. thing with stuff like that yeah. you know if i'm at school and you are bringing somebody in that is that is just it's everything that the school and i believe in i have to write the right to protest because part of my tuition is paying for that platform that he's going to be speaking exactly
1: and that's my argument. I'm paying to be at this school. I don't want to hear his ass. Get his ass off this campus, or don't need you. Don't need my money.
0: Exactly, you're paying for it. So, like, you force
1: someone
5: to do
0: that violating rules, right? That they chose this school because it's a middle school, and they don't want to hear anything from so people. They're right. If they want to be, I with think. It.
4: I think switching gears slightly. I think the last week has proven. A motherfucker to change their mind into their pocket. Yeah, because yep. the president of Uber.
1: <laughs> How many times have I said that
4: tonight?
0: Yeah, a lot.
4: Have said you have. Let me say this: you have said that a lot of times. Yeah. You have been right way more about that than you have been
0: wrong. Yeah, for sure. I'm right there with you on that. Uh, always-
4: President of Uber was yeah. on a presidential council for technology or something. I forget exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he was trying to play both sides against the middle and saying that's all you know, one thing about the election of Donald Trump has proven that, you know, there is the limit to what people will put up with. Yeah. If you are working for or you are working with him, then you are working against us. Yeah. And the lead Uber became a thing, and he, you know, I wish him well because I don't think that his that after doubling down, his reasons why he decided to keep doing this, I don't know that he can stop that down that 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 downswing. Yeah, of people saying, "Yeah, okay, yeah, mother made you motherfucking."
0: Yeah, basically, and I think he ultimately resigned, but. I think people.
4: Has he resigned? He did resign. He's not resigned from Uber. He resigned from the.
0: Yeah, he, he, from the, left the he, was he left the committee. Yeah. But I think it left enough sour taste in people's um, mouths that they're just like, still fuck Uber. Fuck that. Like you you try to. Right, play, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure Lyft is very happy. Because <laughs> people still oh, got to go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lyft is an option. It is. It's out there. Um... But yeah, I want to also talk about protests and some bills um, across the country um, that are designed to break up protests. And they're pretty disgusting. I mean, they're in places like um, North Dakota, because after the uh, Dakota Access Pipeline protest, uh, it is a conservative state. They passed a bill, and I can't even believe this, saying it out loud, that basically gives drivers the right to run over protesters as long as it's not intentional. <laughs> <laughs> How do
4: you unintentionally drive over a protest?
0: <laughs> I don't know. Um, but also in Iowa, there's a bill that will get you up to five years in prison, making it a felony to block traffic as a protest, which is something you know the Black Lives Matter movement has done. But you can imagine like hundreds and hundreds of people having felonies because they block the roads. I mean that's a thing in Iowa now. So um and and obviously in many other conservative states across the country, you're gonna see this crackback. Um, and so I, I'm I'm so- I'm ready to see the stories of people spending significant not amount of time in prison because they decide to protest someone getting killed. You know? Like it's it's insane. So I just want to mention that, and I don't know anyone's opinion on it, like, do you think it's going to provoke a backlash from the black community, or? a lot of
4: people who are asked, not just the black
0: community. Yeah. I'm just wondering, do you think it will, you know, cause a backlash? It's, I mean, I've heard people it's argue. To, it, it,
4: it, it, it's It's hard to say. I think so. Depending on the location.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because the freedom of speech also
1: covers peaceful protest. And I think people are going to find a way with most loopholes. Lawyers are going to find the loophole in there to say, you can't do this. It's unconstitutional because based off of this law, a person cannot go and protest the person cannot voice their opinion about whatever it is they're voicing their opinion on so yeah i think it's going to get some pushback it's just a matter of time for them to finish going through it and looking at it and deciding how they're going to push it back
0: yeah um Cause I, yeah i think on one level there are already laws against this right now uh you, you can get prison time it's just not a felony most of the time it's settled with probation and a, a fine you know or unregulated protests, because a lot of times you actually have to get a permit from the city to hold a legal protest. And one of the things I realized is that those permits cost a lot of money, especially if it's a large protest, like um, Women's March, for instance, would have been, you know, in the six figures you come up with, you know, the permits you pay the police officers and people to uh, hold that protest, it costs a lot of money. Um, and so I think a lot of times people feel like, you know, the reason they pass these bills is because they feel like they're costing an undue cost on the city if you block the traffic, or whatever. Um, and I, I guess that is a real concern, which is why a lot of those people get fined lots of money <laughs> when they <laughs> when they hold up traffic and shit. So um, yeah, but the prison prison terms just seem like you're. Being spiteful and intentionally trying to injure people, you know? Just if it was just about the money, I just feel like you can find people and get the money back. Anyway, go ahead, you Lars.
3: You create more jobs um, for the people that work in the uh, correctional facilities. So that's a good way <laughs> to do it.
4: it.
0: <laughs> you know what? It's, it is true. Uh, we already got plenty of jobs. We actually... The
3: most- and Plus, um, um, A lot of the free labor that goes on um, actually happens in the correctional facilities, like uh, making clothing for Victoria's Secret and other things. So it's not true. It's not exact. But they give the jobs to the correctional facilities and they pay these people less than minimum wage.
0: Yeah, they pay them by the month. And sometimes we're talking like you're doing yard work or something and you get paid like $15 a month. Goes into your as far as the
3: protesters get in jail time, that will create jobs for, for correctional facilities.
0: And police officers and, yes, officers crazy and everyone interest. is already backed up in the legal justice system. I mean, there are plenty of jobs there. And it's a steady paycheck, trust me. I went to school for criminal justice. So <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, it's a steady paycheck. It is. Um, Pro officer, officer, correction officer, whatever. If you want to get that job, it has security. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't have much else to say about it. Just that it seems spiteful more than something they're trying to, because the laws already exist and you're just increasing the penalties because you don't like what people are protesting. Um, so there's that, I don't know. Um, the other thing I had on this list was how do Democrats fight back, um, You know, so dealing with the Gorsuch nomination is likely to go through. And there have been, you know, calls to block some of the the appointments to um, the Trump administration, including the new attorney general. uh, Very likely that's not going to go through. In fact, they ended up um, changing the, the rules. And I feel like the Republicans, you know, now that they're in power, I, I don't think they're, they have any issue with getting rid of the filibuster, which is something if you're in power you can do. Like the filibuster is just done by agreement. Yeah. Um, and at any point you can just say, well, we're going to change the rules. Filibuster no longer. Um, yeah. And I think they're going to do that on these judicial nominations for sure. And um, actually, uh, Democrats have done that in the past, at least on judicial nominations. That's how they limited it. You know, they stopped the debate or whatever and went up for a vote. Um, this vote will be interesting in the sense that if you do that, there are actually two Republicans who are opposing. Um, so it would actually be a tie, but then Mike Pence would, you know, break the tie. But they'll still get so Who are you talking about now? Uh, I think that's um, the education secretary. Yeah, uh, the
4: secretary of education.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh I can't The remember. one
4: that wants to keep guns in schools in case bears attack.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, I mean, she has two Republicans who oppose her, so and it's not because of her politics, it's because of her incompetence. Like she moved
4: And honestly there should be more than two
0: opposing her. Yeah. Like she they answer questions about education policy. Um and I I'm a woman. I don't I don't work in education, so I don't Thing. I think the average person would not know them. But if you're going to be the fucking education secretary of the United States, you should know some basic things about education policy. And that's a reason to not get the job. <laughs> like, it's an interview. A right? very
4: good reason to not it's get the job. Idea.
0: Yeah. It's not because of her politics, it's because she's not competent enough to fill the position. Um, but she's going to get it. And it, I guess it brings up the greater question as to you know, the Democrats are out of power in the majority of the states, the majority of legislature, the Congress, the presidency, it's all Republican. You know, so what role do Democrats play in opposing the administration that is in power? Um, so There was an article about it and I had a few notes here. Um, you know, one of the things that had happened was you know people came up to different congressmen's houses including chuck schumer who i believe sits on one of these committees and they came out of his house or out in front of his house you know off his property but you know surrounding his property just yelling at him do your job (laughs) which i thought i I heartily endorse i should say (laughs) um Yeah, block them. I mean, at least put up a fight. Uh, I know you're going to lose.
4: No, that's that's always kind of been my thing. I don't, but I don't care that you're going to lose the fight. I get mad at the Democrats when the Democrats don't show up for the fight. We've already decided. Well, we're going to lose, so we're just going to let this go. No, I want you to fight.
5: Exactly.
4: Fight happen. And even if you lose, at least I know you tried.
1: Exactly. Finally, I can agree with Derek, Derek, Derek for a chance.
4: <laughs> Democrats are pussy. I, I can't.
1: I'm a Democrat, don't get me wrong. But Democrats, we are the pussy group. I
5: can't. Stand yes. Yes. Yeah. We're Republicans not going to fight, so we're not going to fight. Shit. No. We will do some fucked up. The Republicans will do some fucked up shit
1: in your face and tell you, and for what? Republicans, I mean, Democrats, we like what we're trying, to be we're trying to reach our hands across the aisle, you know, they already got us over here on this state, so we ain't going to even worry about going over there, I mean, all that is a bunch of bullshit. And that's what I like about the about the Tea Party and, and the fact that, and that came up when we were looking at, they talked about, um, i forgot what it was we were looking at but they were asking the question about what can we take from them. And so one of the things i like about the tea party group is they went into places that they knew they did not have a political base and they created one yep. and the, the the democrats that's not what they tend to do they can just lay down and take a fucking. and who's got time for that <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, at least you know <laughs>
4: I'm sorry. I just got emotional right then. <laughs> no, it's quite all right. It's quite all right. It's, it's, just, it's the true. That's, thing a, about the, that's, that's, that's the worst part about, about it, it, is that it's true.
2: It is. It's very weak.
4: And
1: yeah. you know, just they, they don't really get up and fight back. If this is the Republicans, if this was the first, even though the Republicans felt however they felt about this woman, how everybody would turn into an Elizabeth Warren if this was the Republicans. They would be reading this woman every five minutes to the gods just because she got out of bed today. Yes. They would be saying this stupid shit to her about her. They would get on the news every chance they could and talk yes. about why she is the worst candidate. This is the worst president we've ever had. He's only president two weeks, and he's been the worst president we've ever had. That's how they done. They, how they did Obama the entire time. Yeah,
5: that's true. They
1: never Prior stopped saying time, he was, he
4: was he Xavier, they won the, the worst. Day one, the first attack. Day one, the first attack was, how are you going to sit in the Oval Office and not have a jacket on? <laughs> Who does that? Right.
1: That
0: was the
4: very first attack.
0: Oh, yeah. And
1: here this woman is, Elizabeth Warren gave y'all all the shade y'all needed. All you need to do is step out of the light and into the shade. She said, "This woman ain't never managed this much money. She's never had school. She never had students. She had children that went to these types of schools. She's never had to stop for no student loan. She don't even know nobody that has to student loan. She don't yeah. know shit about grant or Pell Grant. She don't. Know. Elizabeth Warren gave y'all everything y'all needed as the Democratic Party to go out there to death in the media, and nobody said shit about something to y'all of uh, bone. She said." We need to put guns in the schools for the bears and y'all let her make it. So and
4: this, that should have been the death nail right there.
0: Yeah, this that is That should, should
4: have, have been thing. her death nail right there.
1: Guns in school, bitch. i have been live. Wait, wait, wait. Everybody stop, stop the camera. Stop the camera. Did you just say guns in school for real? The colleges are the colleges are for climbing bears. up walls. Right, there. The colleges are climbing up walls. Now who goes to college? Not minors, no, adults. Adults that are supposed to be higher learning. So, if they don't want quote unquote responsible college students walking around with guns or anybody else on their campus, why in the hell would you say put guns in an elementary school for some goddamn bears? They should have been taking her ass out, hard <laughs> and feathering her behind that statement, and they let her make it.
0: That's sort of dumb rhetoric definitely
4: mm-hmm. has some vaccine water pills this morning. Didn't you? <laughs>
0: And this gives me a of bottle. No, and I think I, I, Zay-
1: I want to do a Maxine War. I really, I want to come out and be like, "What?
0: <laughs>
1: oh, he don't know nothing. He is incompetent."
0: <laughs> and I think I think Xavier hits on a really good point about um, uh, imposing, uh, these nominees, which is that she is elevating her own platform. Like she's making sense, right? You no, know, if in, if as a Democrat, you know, if I'm speaking to them directly, just saying. The reason to oppose these things is because you rally your base. You know. This is what you're right. you voted for, you want, do it. That's what you're there, you're a representative. So you know, when the next election comes around, you yeah. already have a platform to run against Trump. You know, like we, <laughs> Because the, I
5: know you're a fighter.
0: You yeah. Where have had the
4: threats been the last two weeks?
0: Yeah. Exactly. We want a fighter. We want someone who can defeat him. The next election cycle, show up.
4: I want a fighter. I, I, I want a fighter in general, not I, just to defeat him. Just because, again, I know you got into this shit for the right reason.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do your job. <laughs> like, do your fucking job. That's what you're there for. You're the opposition party. Oppose. <laughs> Oppose their shit. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, we're gonna talk about Black History Month, um, so it's Black History Month. <laughs> it's February, um, and I was listening to this article, um, an interview with a uh, a Black History professor. I believe he's in Atlanta, and um, you know they just started asking him like, uh, "Is Black History Month stale? Like, aren't we just kind of rehashing the same shit year after year?" And you know we possibly do to renew interest in black history? Um, and do we still need a black history <laughs> message?
4: Oh, um, God, that's, that question comes up every fucking year.
0: It does. But um, it's here again.
4: <laughs> so there we go. And the answer, and the answer is yes, with yes. a but.
0: Yes. So what is after the comma?
4: Okay, so i got to take a breath because I'm about to say a I name. Scared. I'm about to say a name and it's going to cause violence in my mouth. I kind of sort of, from a sideways position, understand what Stacey Dash was trying to say about Black History
0: Month. <laughs> that was, that was
4: painful.
0: Yes, it is (laughs) people.
4: Yes, we do need Black History Month until we no longer need it. Until Black History is recognized as American history and is taught 365 days. Yeah, and it's just but but we're not there. That's not happening. Right. There's more blacks that are being removed from history. Yeah. Every day, again, the whole slave trade. You know, that, that is part... That's not where black history starts, but that is part of black history. And when you start removing motherfuckers from it to make it not seem harsh anymore, yeah. you're not telling the whole complete story. So, yeah, we do still need black history until such a time that we don't. But I don't know when that time will be.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. And I think and also... I
4: think we need I think we need more than Black history, which you were saying earlier. We, I mean, Blacks weren't the only ones that invented things. There were Native Americans that were inventing, inventing things and doing things. This is this now more than ever we are recognizing that this is a nation of people, with the exception of the Native Americans. This is a nation of people that came from other places. We all contributed something, yeah. you know. So. All of that shit should be recognized. 365.
0: Yeah. There's something else I, I wanted to touch on that you did, um, which is about what the focus of Black History Month is. Um, and it's just something like I, an insight I got from listening to this professor talk about it, which is the, the entire breadth of Black history. It seems like during Black History Month, the thing we focus on the most are civil rights and you know smart Black people. Um, which is cool. I mean, I like smart black people. (laughs) I do. Um, I like the civil rights movement, but there's more. You know, there's the everyday lives of people living through, you know, segregation or even, you know, the great migration or slavery. You know, there's just like so much more that we could be talking about, but we always go back to Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. (laughs) are great people don't get me wrong martin luther king was an obsession of mine
4: my social my social studies teacher in the yeah. seventh and eighth grade had us do reports every february yeah. on black history leaders and you could not do you could not do martin luther king you could not do rosa parks and you could not do harriet Tubman. yeah this was back before the internet <laughs> we had to go to the library and look through the encyclopedia Britannica to yeah. find some shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we got called that one year for that. Um, my fifth grade year, my teacher who was actually
2: white, she had the same thing there. Um, But, you know, we had some parents who were like, you know, fuck her, we're gonna, you're gonna do Martha King Jr. You're gonna do, cause I can go find some on that quick and I can anything else. <laughs> and we all end up in class that day with our five Malcolm X reports, five Marco Kendry reports, a couple of Harriet Tubmans, a couple of Rosa Parks, a couple of um um, who's the other Malcolm X's, you know what I'm saying? And so she went the fuck off. This white lady yes, went well, she the went fuck back. off. Yeah. She said y'all, she said 95% of y'all in this classroom right now are African-American. And this is a travesty, she said. Y'all need to know your black history. And so she just sat there and started writing, scribbling on pieces of paper like you pissed, and started like slapping people's slapping names on people's desks. You have this person. You have this person. You have this person. These people are responsible for the everyday stuff that you use. On the you know, on, and you you don't even know who they are. And so she just went off and she said the super soccer gun that you all play with. Somebody black invented it. You know what I'm saying? Just like, you know, just know your black history. And I was like, okay, then, you know, I feel real, I feel this type of way that, you know, um, because again, that's what, like we all said, that's all they teach is Malcolm, uh, on Martin King Jr., Malcolm X, those parts and stuff like that. And, um, Malcolm, you said something about being stale. See, this year, I actually did something, um, extra on Instagram. Um, because I'm trying to put like a little fun spin because you have your people posting, you know, your your, your Malcolm X's, you know, Rosa Parks. Then you have like the smart black people and all that. I said, I'm just going to make, I'm going to have a little fun with this. And I decided to do, it's a, I'm a horror fan. Everybody knows I'm a big horror fan. Yeah. So I decided to do um, a black horror challenge, like black horror history month challenge where I'm compiling, I where I have compiled so many like cause a lot of people feel that if you're a black person in a horror movie you're gonna die you know what i'm saying that's just the standard you know idea of black people in horror movies but if there's so many horror movies after that proved against that. so i'm taking the i'm taking black history this month as, as, as a fun approach and just showing people like all these black characters that's out here who are who have made you know who, who live to fight the other day or they've had like they're black villains you know they like we have our own little you know yeah, slice up horror pie. You know what I'm saying? Because all the horror community, everybody in the horror community, started doing like um black, um, started doing women in horror this month and um valentine Day. Michelle you know, oh. better be at the top of everybody's <laughs> list. I haven't got to her yet. That's not.
4: That's not horror. That's apocalyptic.
2: <laughs> I love it. Man. But you know, so I'm just doing that. You know, what I'm saying just trying to make, just trying to spin it like somebody else did, something like black music. And somebody else did some of black literature. So it just, you know, just like expanding it from the, the straight and narrow I've done
0: black
4: superheroes before. i like that.
0: Yeah. And that's I think awesome. that's awesome. a good thing to you know to actually have some fun with it. That's why I think about the staleness and the you know, the same people get recognized uh, obviously you deserve recognition, let's be clear. But I mean when you were saying about your teacher in, in elementary school or whenever that was, um having to um, you know, assign the names to people just shows the level of ignorance we have within our own community. Like you were saying, like, I can find Martin Luther King, so let's do that, you know? <laughs> like, didn't have even the imagination to come up with the names of people you might not know, you know? Um, and then this, of course, is before the internet, like you were saying. like uh, mm-hmm. So that, that is um, a lot easier Kids now. I have but
4: no idea how easy they have it these days. They yeah. don't, dare. They really don't.
0: Oh, I would have loved to have an iPhone when I was in school. (laughs) Timmy never had an iPhone in school. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, yeah. Your own little private message board while you're in class and shit and just chatting and shit. (laughs) Oh, that would have been so good. But anyway, no, I mean, Black History Month is really important. I do feel like it is. And like Derek was saying earlier, I would love for us to live in a, a society at a time when it wasn't necessary. We are clearly not in that time and place at all. (laughs) Far from it. Oh my God, we're so far from it. So, yeah, we need it. And we need it to be something that people engage in. We need everyone to engage in it. I mean, obviously, our own community needs to learn black history, but I think the American people generally need to know about black history. And so it's necessary. You know, Um, unfortunately, necessary, but. Yeah. So, you know, one of my things was I I don't want people to be afraid to talk about slavery. I mean, if we're having a conversation about black history, I've come to identify with a little political correctness. I know, like, you know, some people down it, but I always I start hearing, you know, some politically correct people stop using the term slaves to describe people who are enslaved. And now they call them enslaved people because there's something about the language of just calling someone a slave that dehumanizes them, you know? So I, yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm just saying, as a, as a woke person, I, I now appreciate the term enslaved person or, you know, instead of saying a slave. I don't know why that came up, but <laughs> I'd like to talk more about slavery in Black history.
1: And see, I prefer to go ahead and call a spade a spade. The point of it, like Derek said, was the point was to dehumanize and to make it seem like you were a step less than human. So I like keep, I think sometimes I think political correctness waters us down. And that's something that I saw on NPR or something that came up. That was one of the fundamental differences between the Democrats and Republicans is that Democrats tend to worry about being politically correct with a lot of stuff. And that turns some people like, oh, you're really not talking about nothing. Because you're too PC, and I think that's one of the things that can be a problem for us. Is we can water something down too much. White people all the time nowadays try to water slavery down.
4: Oh, it wasn't that bad. It was so long ago. I, mm-hmm. I what did, that. wait? What did that motherfucker say for the for the slaves that built the White House? Well, I mean, they had jobs and they fed them and they lived indoors, so right. it wasn't that bad. Hey, y'all, they, you know, they try to make it seem like it
1: wasn't as bad as it was. No, people, that shit. That's was, yes. That's the a, worst I, thing in, in history.
0: <laughs> I agree with you. Absolutely, I do. I think in this particular case, the reason I like this PC term is because it restores someone's humanity. Um, and but, that,
4: but, but I don't want... I hear what you're saying, but I don't want... The, I want the actual story. These people weren't treated
0: as human. Oh, no. That's what I'm saying. I think when you talk about the mistreatment of someone, you're much more likely to identify with them as a human being when you do not dehumanize them. This is what I'm getting at. And to not be afraid of those darker feelings about slavery. I mean, like, running away from it, I think that's a really huge issue that we have, which is if you talk to white people about mm-hmm. slavery, they will, in one regard, say, you know, agree with you that we, as black people, live with the legacy of slavery. You know, like, through our, our culture, our music, our Reading like this, the fact that we haven't had, you know, the opportunities educationally, economically, and so forth, we still live with the legacy of slavery. Some, Some white, white, people, people. Some, yeah. people. Some yeah. white people do not feel like they hold the legacy of being descendants of slave owners. Like to put that on them is like completely rejected, and they don't want to talk about it. But you're willing yes. to talk about me as my history and legacy of slavery, but you're not willing to talk about your legacy of being of white privilege of
4: side of the, your side of that
0: legacy yeah, and we all live that legacy right now, yeah. Yeah. so yeah, I want to talk about it. <laughs> I it I want it to be something we can you know come have a meeting of the minds for, you know and if that yeah. is yeah
4: i't I don't think we're ever going to do that in this country, yeah. Um, in, And I don't necessarily just blame white people for that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
4: Blame people for that too. I think I've 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 always said the whole when it comes to slavery, black people are very much like that rape victim who has decided she just don't want to talk about, she don't want to deal with it, she don't want to address it.
0: Yeah, and I I completely empathize with that too. I mean, I think I mentioned it before. It's like. The the sort of demand that some have had on us talking about experiences, and you know, like that can be traumatic. I don't always want to talk about that, you know. But I'll try. I've said before
4: that my great grandmother, who I grew up in the house with, who died when I was twenty-six years old, yeah, um, was the child of slaves, and I only kind of know that by accident. Yeah. never talked about. It's something she never really discussed. And personally, I think she should have. I think she should have sat me down. I think she should have told me this whole entire history, including how, what happened to her when she was sent away from her parents at nine years old, because they were still enslaved, and she was sent away. Yeah. Much to her history, to my history, to her as a person. But... Yeah. It was, it it it. you know, I've mentioned this before, the things that we took away from slavery that we still live with today and we don't even know the origins of why that is, like a barrel full of laughs, you know. We know now where that term comes from, and it's not a pretty thing. What other things still rule our culture and existence because of some bullshit that happened 300 years ago yeah playing it just to survive
0: yeah and i say like we need to talk about the legacy that leaves with white people too like i i feel like that's the other side of the conversation that goes missing is that we weren't just enslaved we were enslaved by white people <laughs> you know what i'm saying like oh, yeah they're part yeah. of it and they don't want to talk about it. And I'm like yeah. I had a guy
4: send me a video once that he tried to convince me that only about fifty people owned slaves.
5: <laughs>
0: only yeah.
4: about fifty people owned slaves to this whole slavery thing was blown way the fuck out of proportion.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the part we'd like to ignore or diminish, like the fact that there were millions of slave owners. Yes. And even if you weren't, there were plenty of people in that that class who Consider themselves, if not you know, economically able to own slaves. What would, and we're okay and supported it. So yeah, you inherit that legacy too. <laughs> so <sighs> anyway,
3: so, politically correct name for slave owners since slavery is
0: enslaved. <laughs> That's a good question. I would let's uh, say slave owners is the politically correct. Term.
5: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah
4: i'm gonna stick with slaves
0: <laughs> you do that i'm not trying to change anyone else That's um, that's what i like um but yeah and i, I like i said I, I really would like to extend that conversation to the relationship between white and black people in slavery and throughout black history as a part of black history month um because yeah it's great to focus but on you those you recognize
4: made. the problem with white people having that conversation
0: okay. The
4: problem is that once you have that, once you actually legitimately have that conversation, you can no longer live with the shroud over your eyes that do have a privilege outcome of that scenario. That you have to actually take the blindness off and say, wow, this shit was made for you and me, but not you.
0: <laughs> no, I think, you know, what's interesting, if I was going to like, like make a recommendation um, for Black History Month, I really enjoyed uh, Hidden Figures, by the way. Um, I think it is a perfect Black History Month movie. Uh, for one, they are women who I don't think anyone has ever heard of. Um, they are kind of the role models for integration, I think. Uh, you, one of the things that's interesting was I didn't really know that NASA was a different agency before we started going into space. So these were like the the proto-NASA, I guess you could call it. I forget what it's called. But um, I guess because it was so military-based and the military had desegregated uh, after World War II, um, you know, they had segregated facilities, but there were plenty of black mathematicians who worked on NASA. Um, you know, there was clearly like the times were, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was what it was. Um, but what's interesting is that also um, there were dozens of these women, you know? Um, the, the movie focuses on three because you obviously can't just talk about everyone who was there. But there were just so many people there who are still alive now talking about the movie that uh, portrayed them. Um, and so some of the criticisms of the movie, I should point out, which is that they did complete a lot of stuff for time. Constraints, but everyone who's alive today who was at that time felt like it was an accurate depiction of uh, the conditions and so forth. Some of the actions and things said were not actual things said, but you know, it captures the idea and it is a good feel-good movie. Um, You know, I would go uh, recommend that. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, and even
4: I'm going to see all the uh, all the movies that are. Nominated for Best
0: Picture. Yeah, I was gonna also include Fence's next in after next. Yeah, because I was gonna say, like this um you know, if you haven't seen Fences either the, the stage play or the movie, I honestly feel like Denzel Washington's directorial in, you know direction with the play made a really good movie. Um and he's he's really good also in the main role. Um and of course like you know, Viola Davis is fucking transcendent. <laughs> like she's she's gonna get the Oscar. As she always she's gonna get the Oscar for this. Um like it's just so damn good. It it hurts, you know, like when someone if she cries, you feel it. You fucking feel it. Um but I was just saying, like I feel like movies like that also get at everyday experiences of black people throughout history, and I think that's something we could focus on um during Black History Month. Um like the everyday struggles of people. And I know like the famous smart people are important too, but you know, I'd, I'd like to expand it into more like how people just thought about things and how they did, you know, went about their daily lives and you know the struggles that people had to deal with because of race or not because of it, just because of their lives. You
3: know? Um,
0: that's all important. So, um, I'm going to move to another topic. Uh, I want to talk to Xavier about, uh, Dylan Roof. I think we talked about it before, um, the hangout a little bit and I haven't done the research on it, but I, I'm going to look it up now as we talk. So Dylan Roof of course is, uh, uh, the Charleston nine shooter, you know, killed nine, um, people at this, was it, uh, I always miss the city, South Carolina's Charleston. Yeah. Okay. Charleston. Cause I always say Charlotte, but anyway, Charleston, South Carolina, um, he was put on trial, for federal crimes, state crimes ill. He represented himself in the trial and during the sentencing phase, and he was convicted and sentenced to death. Um, later, I guess um, this week, this came from the news this week, it was revealed, I'm not exactly sure how, so I'm going to look that up, that he suffered from a psycho, what do you call it, schizoid personality disorder. Um, Schizophrenia. Schizophrenia, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad to talk to you about it because I don't know the details on this. but I'm going to try <laughs> to look it up. Um, but we were talking beforehand, like how this might affect things. And what, what's, what's your opinion about that, Xavier? As,
1: okay, so the impact that all this is having is either he can, uh, even though he's got the death penalty, now people don't realize this, there are people in this country that can get the death penalty. And unless you're in a state like Texas, you can appeal. Okay, you can appeal your case. And try to get that case or that verdict over uh, overturned or sentence overturned and so to me that's what he looks like he was going to do now to get an appeal and I'm not a legal expert but I'm saying it from this aspect he's gonna have to prove that there was something not right with his case so to turn around and say now that he may have had schizophrenia and all this is going on and then he represented himself See, nobody ever decided to check and see if he was competent even to stand trial, or competent to represent himself at level, and yeah. so that gives reason to throw that case out. That gives reason to grant him this appeal, and for him to have to be retried. And then you retry him, and then they'll go through that whole process of having him evaluated for schizophrenia or for some other uh, mental health disorder that would have impacted. Either his decisions at the time of the incident, because that's separate, because you can be criminally responsible and currently in competent to stand trial or you're competent to stand trial now and at the time not responsible due to the fact of a mental impairment. Yeah. So, And it looks to me from looking at this case from the outside looking in, that's the direction they're going to try to take this into, is that if he's going to appeal, if he doesn't, then Southern Poverty Law is going to do it is going to appeal and say, you know, you can't execute this man. He's mentally disturbed and yeah. he didn't get a fair trial because he was himself and he's already mentally disturbed. How could a mentally disturbed person represents themselves, Okay. Because yeah. see, all that has to be hashed out before a trial ever even takes place and see it didn't, they have the opportunity to come back and say, you know, we cannot execute this man.
0: Yeah. I, 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 found, I found the article, so I just want to read but it said these were from court documents. Uh, so the court was aware of these disorders. He says he um, you know, represented himself, he didn't bring it up in trial, which he was found competent to be his own attorney. So that, that might help with fighting the appeals or whatever, but um, it says basically the, the defendant suffers from social anxiety disorder, mixed substance abuse disorder, a schizoid personality disorder, depression, in a history of anxiety um I guess he was on uh also uh, also possibly on the autistic spectrum, so it was a few things. I could not remember all those. I had to look it up, but they were aware of this at trial um, you know the judge was aware aware of it these came from court documents
1: right, and so the fact that the judge had an awareness and all that still yeah. gives them warrant to say because when you appeal you appeal to a higher court and so you can yeah. say these are all the things that impacted my trial and these are the reasons why it wasn't a fair trial because if the courts knew this yeah. the courts was aware of it then i've never heard of a person with that much impairment being competent to represent themselves yeah like, that's that, yeah. that not that's not how the even add up even a little bit
0: yeah they were saying that um he was on medication and, and doing well in prison and so forth so they felt like he was Man, he didn't bring it up in trial or whatever. But I mean, this, it really does raise possibility of him on appeal. And uh, you know, I just really did want to get your opinion on that. Do you think it's legitimate for him to raise that now, or what do you say?
1: I mean, it depends. Does he really want to suffer? You know, the death penalty or not?
0: Yeah. If
1: he did it. He'd win. I mean, I hate to say it, but if that if he threw that out there because he did take a plea bargain so he still has a sixth Amendment right yeah um, if he decided to go out there and appeal this case and say i didn't know what i was doing i'm mentally unstable or whatever it's going to get heard his case is going to have to be heard
0: yeah
1: and it's going to yeah. bring provoke another case for him
0: i think maybe the only light on this after reading it was that they were aware of these disorders and he was being treated for them during the trial but um, then
1: it, that doesn't matter even still, because yeah. you also have to do in a case like this on the, this profi- on this high profile. Now, yeah. each state handles these things a little bit differently, but generally the, the rules are still the same. Um, you would need to know, was he competent at the time? Yeah. You know, was there criminal responsibility? Was he on meds at the time? Was his meds being, was he responding appropriately to the meds? Or was there something else going on? And then throughout this case, yes, he might have been doing great in jail, but in the jail is a controlled environment. Who, who's interacting with him that much? Nobody. So he's just not a behavior problem in the jail. That still doesn't mean you and I couldn't go out there and adequately represent ourselves and we're half-functioning and we don't have all these mental deficiencies going on. How are you going to make a rational argument to say that he could and you're saying he had all these impairments at the same time?
0: Yeah, I, I also wanted to let you know I posted the article from the LA Times in uh, in the chat so you can take a look because like I said it's a lot of like technical stuff that I'm not <laughs> not really up on but I, I figure you could discern more than I could um, but yeah it's disturbing I mean it's it's kind of disturbing that the idea that he could possibly you know get an appeal or um, you know at least reduce his sentence. Uh, because of that, uh, I don't know, and it brings up the argument of like, even if you do suffer from, you know, these mental impairments, if you're getting treatment for it, you know, that tends to be the the thing the courts look at. Because I do remember a, a a similar situation in Texas uh, with a woman who had some um, some mental problems that were under treatment, and I guess the question was like, does it reduce c- competency? During the act of committing the crime, in which I don't think it does. Um, it depends. In cases I don't know because
1: uh, he. So was probably what, not- what happened is so. What yeah. happened is uh, you're sent to you're sent to be evaluated, whether it be inpatient or outpatient evaluated. Yeah. And a psychologist or a psychiatrist will sit down. They'll evaluate. They'll look through all of these records to look at what was said at the scene of the crime by the detectives. I mean, it's it's time consuming, but.
5: necessary
1: and so they'll review all that is that and then they'll meet with you and discuss the uh, alleged index offense and kind of see what your thoughts were what was going on with you then, you know had you been using any substances how long had it been since you got off your meds what are you diagnosed with all of that and then they'll formulate an opinion now at this point all they can do is present this opinion and opposing counsel may present an opposite or similar opinion that information goes to the judge, the prosecution, and the district. I mean, prosecution and the defense attorneys, and the judge. And sometimes they'll do a bench trial, or they may do a jury trial. Will yeah. decide if you are criminally responsible. So right. at the end of the day, it's the judge is going to take the opinion of the expert witnesses, which is going to be your psychiatrist and psychologist, say right. if, whether or not um, this person was criminally responsible and that their impairment had anything to do with it. So just to say the impairment alone isn't an issue, it's the level of impact the impairment had on the situation. So if I I went out and I walked to a white church yeah. and went to shooting everybody up in there, and a couple of weeks prior to all this, I was telling you all about the white supremacists and how they've been meeting at this church, and I think they're plotting a, something to do to us. And then one day I just get up, go down there, and shoot this place up. And I'm saying that I think these people are part of the Aryan nation. They were trying to go after Obama, and I'm consistent to that, and everybody around me is consistent to it. And there's evidence yes, he's mentally impaired. That's uh, prejudicial, um, uh, uh, he has these prescatory delusions about <clears throat> about white supremacy and so forth and so on. So yeah, a white gathering, a church uh, that was a white, that's a white people gathering, would yeah. fit into his already uh, present delusional model of the world. Yeah. And so, therefore, we see why he would do something like that. On meds, he realizes what he's done. He expresses, you know, empathy and so forth and so on. Then they would probably say, I'm not competent and not, um, not currently responsible in that light.
0: Yeah. You yeah, know, that's why I would say, like, um, I think he, I'm not sure. I have to look, uh, do the research a little more, but. My understanding was they they may have done those processes like the the federal prosecutors, you know the the um, hearings you were talking about for his competency to stand trial his um, i guess his legal- co- um accountability or whatever that's called you know his um whether or not he was uh, culpable for what he did, and I think they went through that. Um, I'm hoping they did, and you know i guess at the at this point it's kind of like um yeah, I don't know. Like at trial he did not use any of that information in court because that was his choice. And he kind of my understanding from the outside looking in was that he wanted to be convicted. He wanted to face the death penalty to start a race war, you know, to be a martyr. And so he really does possibly, at least from my understanding from the outside in, wants to be put to death. Um while under treatment, you know, and you know, that's different than someone who expresses remorse afterwards, because I don't think you did.
5: No.
1: Which um. still stands the reason for somebody, yeah. say, Southern Poverty Law or somebody to jump up and say, this isn't right. This is not normal human behavior. This isn't. You know, when I first got into forensics, one of my biggest issues was I figured out yeah. early on that my job is to get these people competent to stand trial or to prepare, get them to the point where they understand that they're being punished and why they're being punished. Yeah. And, and initially I had a problem with that because yeah. it was like, that doesn't make sense, it doesn't add up or how I think my job is supposed to function. Um, but later on, I kind of got an understanding for it and an appreciation for it. But, and so looking at him in that same light, with that same kind of microscope, the microcosm of thought process, It's like that doesn't add up. That's not normal human behavior. You know, self-preservation is normal human behavior. And so for for you to be saying, you know, you want to be this martyr for race war and this, this, and this, that is to me evidence enough to say there's an impairment going on with you great enough to say you, you are not right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that is, yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I, I, I have to say, Xavier, I really appreciate you breaking it down for me because I, I was just, like, taking a back. You know. my... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I <It> was really <laughs> – I really appreciate your analysis on that. And, um, yeah, I really do. Um, I want to go ahead and move on. I think we're going to uh, wrap up the show. I want to give everyone a, a last chance to uh, come up with a topic of their own, um, if there's something this week you want to talk about. Yep. I know I didn't even mention Beyonce's twins. I know. my God.
2: Lies. <laughs> Cobra Commander of the Bayhive knew he, won. he could not wait to get it off, of or off the know. own. It was, it was dominating social media or whatever,
0: but I I, I thought I had to
2: mention it. You had to because you're the Cobra Commander of the Bayhive. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Trying um, to play it
2: all. It was, I, I got, y'all, I texted Malcolm when it happened. I said, how long have you known this? And he was, was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, lies. You knew exactly what I'm talking about. I said, just go on social media, just go on Facebook, go on Instagram, go somewhere. And then he went, Oh yeah. I'm like, Yeah,
0: you knew. You knew. I was a little unplugged. I have been, but um the internet is horrible. But no, I mean there I was drowning in political news. So I did take it as a welcome distraction. Um, for like two seconds. Uh, <laughs> but no, I I did wanna make a recommendation. I, I talked to Mark about this and Everyone else, I think, before the show. But uh, my recommendation this week has to be "This Is Us," which um, you know, I think it won a show, didn't it? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I I was aware of the show uh, because one of my favorite podcasters started doing reviews of it, and I skipped the reviews, and now I can go back and listen to his commentary on it. Um, His the name for it is called "This Too Much." <laughs> yes, it is it is so filled with drama it is so fucking good it is funny and it is like smart it is and i can't talk about it because there's this huge you know surprise twist in the first yes. episode i can't really get into but do yourself a favor and see the show
2: yeah this, i co-signed it
0: yeah this shit is good um it's some of the smartest writing of of um got to see on TV in a long time. And, uh, yeah, it's got the feels. It, it's too much. I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you sometimes have to pause it and just go, oh, God. You do. Oh,
5: shit. Oh,
2: that's the first <laughs> like, I mean, like Malcolm, I have seen, I've heard great things about the show last pilot season, because everybody kept saying this is the show to beat this fall. It is. And the, the trailer for the pilot was the number one, was the top YouTube um viewing for a long time all summer so i held off on it because i'm like it comes on on a monday night yeah. you know so much stuff coming on on monday so I'm, like, I'm gonna hold off on it and then you know everything happened with cutting the cable and everything but luckily nbc has the entire series so far available on demand so mm-hmm. math was like you know you gotta watch this show i'm like man i've been, I've, I've been on the show but mm-hmm. i'm gonna go ahead and try it out since you said you like it. i watched the first episode last night and when it happened I gasped real loud, sat up in my bed, and then my face was wet. My face was just wet. And I was like, I, I, I was start to watch episode two. And I'm like, I can't. I can't. It's too late for this right now.
0: It's too much. <laughs> it feels like you cannot binge watch this show because you no. go,
5: ah, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh my God.
0: Uh. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to attempt episode two. I mean the pilot was everything Um, yes it was Uh, so do yourself a favor if you like drama check out this is us Um, anyone else have a recommendation yes me
2: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) the Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead you all have to read this book I finished it this past Monday or Sunday and it has dominated me for the rest of the week. And still to this day, I went and bought all this man's books. No, I said all of them, but I just started a Colson Whitehead shelf on my bookshelf. I went and started like, putting books of on his on my shelf. It is about this young um, slave girl named Cora who, with, who decides to run with this guy named Caesar off the plantation. But in this world of the Underground Railroad, There is an actual railroad,
5: yeah.
2: It has a train, it has um conductors, it has stops, and it's up under the ground. And before anybody sit there, say, Oh, so they took Portia Williams idea, no, no. They did not do that.
0: I was going to say that they're going to confuse Portia so much.
2: <laughs> so, because because it wasn't a railroad. This book says it is. <laughs> exactly. Because actually the writer, Colson Whitehead, he said yeah. that, you know, he had the idea 16 years ago, but he wasn't in his writing game yeah. to the point to do the story justice. So he kept it in the back and he said but he said you know every child actually believes that there was an underground railroad until the teacher like no honey it's not an actual railroad (laughs) i guess Portia was in class that day but whatever so but uh the thing is that it is an actual railroad and even though it takes place in like the middle like the deep part of slavery
5: yeah
2: he will say something the in, in one of the um he would say every chapter he would say something that still correlates or resonates with modern times yeah. and it just it was like damn and so i can see why all winfrey got through that book said let me call this motherfucker's editor <laughs> hey, yo get him on my phone because he said that when he when he the book was getting ready to come out he was on a plane heading somewhere and his editor called him, like, y'all, Oprah Winfrey just said she wanted to be on like, shut the fuck up. He like, he could, like, tell anybody about it for the longest time. Because, you know, but then they said they flew him and his wife to Oprah's um compound or whatever. And she interviewed him. And then when she got to interview him, she was like, okay, that's it. I will keep you informed and, like, kind of rush him off the thing, you know. But he it was a great book. I cannot wait to hear everybody else's thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, it is the best book of 2016 so it's easy accessible anywhere so
0: yeah I'm looking forward to that I do need to step up my reading game I, I mostly read um, nonfiction and I, I definitely need some fiction recommendations So, uh, yeah, I'm feeling it so, I've heard lots of good things about it too yeah. um, anyone else on uh, something they recommend story yeah, join, that they-
1: join the NRA that's my recommendation
0: <laughs> yeah, you said that last time. Like, What was your reasoning behind it? You said to-
1: My reasoning was I was sitting down and I was at work and I was talking to one of the doctors and she's a white woman and she's married to a white man, so she's real white. And she agreed. She came, she was, I was already kind of thinking it and then she kind of just brought it up out of nowhere. And she was like, Xavier, have you ever thought about talking to some of your progressive friends, friends that you have that are similar to you and, and talking about joining the NRA? And I was like, what? She's like, yeah. She said, What is the platform to NRA use? she explained that, you know, their platform is you need guns to protect your families. And what they really mean to say is protect your families from, from African American males. Pretty much. Fear is a thing. And the best way to dispel fear and ignorance is a dialogue and understanding.
0: Yeah. And
1: so she said, Join the NRA. She said, If a bunch of, she said, not just ten of you, but she said, if we can get a nationwide group of African American males to sit, down and joined the NRA, she said, you will see an astounding change with gun laws and everything else and that. And everything she said is something I already thought and believed anyway. Yeah. And so I've really gotten on this kick about pushing joining the NRA. Like, I started researching how to do it and everything. Yeah. And, you know, how much it costs. Because I do agree with that. I say, because my thought process, even if she's somewhat wrong about the fact that it's going to gain us some understanding, it's going to force them to change gun laws because yeah. they're not going to want to have to think about the fact that this is going to give them a, a snippet of how many ni- ni- registered legal niggas is walking around here pistols, and that's <laughs> going to make them uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. I would think, um, I, I like that strategy. Honestly, I do infiltration like from yes. the inside out change, change policy. I do. I just wonder how will the backlash happen, you know, cause it will, um uh, where they stop like allowing black people into the nra how can you stop allowing black people into <laughs> i know right i know but they can find a way fucking trump found a way like sort of kind of about letting brown people into the country so i don't know <laughs> just like you know, he's building a wall he's banning people i i feel like the backlash is necessary i mean to to have that conversation like people have to express themselves so um you know people you know, you have to hear a lot of ignorant shit in order to to try to educate people and stuff. So, um, if I was a military
1: strategist, I would already have my sleeper cells here, and infiltrated <laughs> already. So a ban wouldn't do anything. They'd yes. be like, "Oh, okay, well."
2: That's
0: a good point.
1: Stopping the
5: good ones from coming in,
0: and, and they said like the people who have committed terrorist acts against the United States were not from these countries anyway. They were from Pakistan and Saudi Arabia for the most part. So right. Yeah, and he Afghanistan. Block neither
1: of
0: those two places. We right, Afghan It was there yeah, Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, and Pakistan are the the ones who sent people here. So, um, anyway, I just yeah, <laughs> bring it back down there. Hmm. Yeah, because I need de- I need de- to escape. I think entertainment right now is more important than ever. For one, like I do. Like I said, even the bad, weepy kind that makes you cry is a good distraction. It is. I'm gonna. Well try to more episodes maybe.
1: for entertainment you can watch The Apprentice that's helped them get their ratings up.
2: Man. They Xavier. Up. Xavier, look. <laughs> uh, look, I tried to watch, I sat there, someone watched this, I'm gonna watch this because you know they got Boy George on there, they got Portia Williams, they got Kyle Richards, they have Carney Wilson, they have um all these folks I write I rock with. But i said i can't watch this shit. <laughs> i can't watch it it's too it's still two hours long and i'm like that is too long to sit there and see y'all you know i don't know it just it hurts the fuck out of me i'm like being i don't know i'll just i try i gave it a try but we yeah. can try we can we, i'll try again but shit without him.
0: yeah i mean i guess arnold's trying to do his little his new tagline you're terminated like that's not new yeah
2: this, and I was watching. They said this, when he actually sat there and tweeted a video to Donald Trump. Said, "Why don't we switch jobs?"
0: Oh
1: <laughs> Well, now he now he came for Donald Trump. Now I will give him credit. He said, "Why don't we switch jobs?" So that, you know, the American people can sleep easy at night
0: again. Exactly. I was like,
1: "Damn!" And I really thought those would be a soon. That was,
0: that was yeah. good. That was a good old read. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It was. It was a good read, but I was just kind of surprised by it because I figured those two would be cool with each other. You know? Yeah.
5: yeah.
2: I don't know what the damn money is. like
0: she ain't gonna drag my ass down. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyone doing Super Bowl tonight?
2: I'm, actually I'm doing the Lady Door now.
0: I'm 37? doing the Lady Gaga concert tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, God, that's such a gay answer. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. i I probably go to my friends, Rich. Uh, he cooks ribs and chicken like nobody else. So, And I watch some football. Yeah. You, just, you know, you feed me? Okay. Exactly. You go where the food is <laughs> at. Exactly. I, uh, big boys, be proud of the fact that you love food. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of
2: supposed to. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, no, I'm, I didn't want to change the subject if you were...
2: No, um, I was going to change... I was going to say, I'm just... I'm kind of, like, rethinking that whole antisocial... being antisocial and browser thing. Because I know somebody got some wings somewhere. I just fucked up with their pal. I want some more. And...
5: But,
0: yeah. Yeah, no. Yeah. My friend Rich has his smoker. He smokes his ribs. Oh! Mm. They, they fall off the bone, dude. Oh! Mm. And he has his sauce that is just... Oh! Uh, <laughs> It off the I you just want to go so I know
1: what date it is and they have Meet the Falcon,
0: So I can <laughs> <go to people. laughs> uh, Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I guess something else I want to give a shout out to, um, to Coach Wink of the Bait Nation podcast. He gave us a shout out uh, this past week. Awesome. Uh, yeah, uh, he kind of continued our conversation about the revenge body i don't know if you were there for that mark i don't remember if you were but uh the concept of getting in shape to get back at an ex it's a whole tv show with chloe kardashian and i got
2: in. yeah i mean I, I, I saw that part now Um uh, but what would he what did he say because i actually had some i think we all had the same ideals or something like that but i don't know if he said it too go ahead yeah,
0: yeah no i was just saying that it's it's an interesting topic i mean because I I knew it would be a little controversial to to say that you get in shape to you know you don't you're not supposed to do that right no so i see, yeah it's what do you say common sense not to do you know mm-hmm. then I saw these people time after time kind of you know getting a celebrity trainer and a nutritionist and a a makeover and I'm like how is this bad I don't know <laughs> this is pretty good well. Like if you get that you know i don't know the downside you know well for me it's it, it's not really it, if you want to do it for yourself that's
2: great i'm not saying that you should not get in you know shame because i mean that's one of the issues with this about, us. about yourself right i mean yeah because my thing was this because i had a friend of mine who i was really into when i found out that they get you know they was actually you know hashtag <laughs> family mm-hmm. um so i'm like well that'd be great for us to get together because we like each other you know we were cool and then he was like well, I, but then he just kept pushing me off. I'm like, what is it? He said, You're a little bit on the chunky side,
5: yeah.
2: And so that hurt. So I said, From then on, you're not fat, that's the thing, <laughs> you're not a fat, but but that's the thing, though. They, but see, this is a, that's a that's, I'm writing something called gay fat because a friend of mine said that you're not fat, you're gay fat. Yeah. I'm like, What is that? He said, He said, You're the type of fat where if you were actually straight, you would have a problem uh, pulling anybody, but the fact that you're gay. You know we got like you know a lot of gay men had this fictionalized yeah. ideal of how a man should look and how the way with those attractive you know tractors and stuff like that yeah. he said because you have just a little bit of fat on you because i just got through looking at an instagram photo of this dude who is just you know he's if he's fit yeah. but he's like oh my god i gotta get the gym because i gained i gained a couple of pounds and i was like where you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know, that's just like, he yeah. was really like serious about it. I'm like, I thought he was playing, but like, no, he's really serious about it. That's not the first person first he did it. But to bring it back to the whole revenge body thing, my thing with this is now, if I sat there and did get fit and get well and stuff like that, and then that friend was to come, so happy to come my face, like, well, you know, you're looking kind of banging right now. And then he tried to, like, you know, approach me in a, in a manner, i tell him to kick rocks because I'm the same person I was. When I was on the little chunky side, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, it just, that's yeah. how I feel about that. But
0: I was going to maybe do a little spoilage of that uh, pilot episode of This Is Us with, oh, uh, when Kate was in the weight management. Oh, oh yeah. okay. No, no, and no, no, the little no, no, no. girl, yeah, I guess the girl who was in there, y'all don't know how difficult it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, five, seven pounds. And she's like, you know, definitely in shape, some <laughs> and then looking at her and she just had this shame. the look of shame on her face was like, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, like don't do it. Like, bitch, why are you even here? Like for real for real. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that shit was hilarious. Uh yeah, I had to mention that. And also I want to uh give a shout out to those um people on Instagram who give me. Um, you know, they I got a, a lot of feedback today from um Know, people just say and appreciating the page and stuff. So I want to give them a shout-out. And if you want to be featured on the page, uh, just DM me. You can do that on Facebook or Instagram. I, I'm i really getting into Instagram a lot more now, and I'm hoping that I will... Um, I, you know, I I post a lot of like semi new pictures. I post them to the uh, undercover group. You know, it builds a following, but at the same time, I, I'm going to start using the story feature of um, Instagram to... Do announcements of our, our programs and some of the topics we're going to discuss. Because you know, every week when we come on here, I, it's a it's a kind of almost a week long process to put this together. To do all the research, to get all the topics together, to schedule everyone to get here, and um, you know, during the week, I like to get feedback from people uh, on stories that we can discuss. I know um, everyone here has contributed plenty of topics, but I also like to go out to the audience to um, you know, you can do that on Twitter, you can do it on Instagram, you can do it on Facebook. Uh, if you want us to discuss anything, you know, I haven't really gotten a chance to discuss some of the topics that we post in the groups, but um, we could start that again. I just have been focused on the news so much. I know Gerald has been posting a few interesting questions in the uh, undercover group. And I appreciate that. I'm sure Mark has posted on a many different uh, entertainment topics, which he discusses during the entertainment hangout, but, um, you know, if anyone has a topic that they post in a group, I love, for instance, one of the the groups I really love is the Huthism Chat group. Um, Tony Davis really does post some interesting questions, which um, I would love to talk about, because I hate talking about politics so much. I do. I just think it's really important, and I would feel some kind of way if I didn't talk about it. I feel like we should be talking about it, but I'd love to talk about, you know, sex and relationship topics and things like that. And also just want to put the call out to anyone else who is podcasting or blogging. Uh, We'd love to have you as a guest. You have a um, topic you'd like to discuss, uh, get some exposure, you know, from our audience and your audience. Uh, That was something that um, coach Wank did with us. And I definitely appreciate the shout out and the support and, um, he's always welcome back, and we've had many guests before and, uh, that have worked out well. So just hit me up if you were interested. I think we're going to end it here, though. Um, what do we have on the schedule this week from the employee? I guess um, gaming podcast? Yeah, I think that's going to be Wednesday. Yeah, Chris Impact Sutton, uh, LGBT update editor in chief, uh, hosts the gaming podcast. And I have a topic I wanted to, to bring up. Uh, on the gaming podcast because we got some feedback on the on uh, two previous episodes, actually three previous episodes. I haven't actually promoted the third one yet, but they're all up on YouTube right now. Um, yeah, uh, someone who but came for Tekken as a button masher, man, fuck you. <laughs> I just fuck you. You know, I'm sorry that your fighting game isn't as intuitive as Tekken, <laughs> but it's still skill. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It still takes skill, and I will whoop your ass in Oh shit! Sure. I know they're taking
1: tag term and it gets
3: real serious.
0: It does. I don't whoop as up <laughs> ass. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I always shocked that she's a little schoolgirl type, because that's a little more insulting when you get your ass with a little Japanese schoolgirl. So yeah, <laughs> bring it. That's all I gotta say. Oh my god! Sorry, you can't play. So yes, you can press buttons and figure out moves without looking at. The command list, I get it. That's just because Nobody it's an intuitive game.
5: game.
0: Well, I mean, some games have very specific commands that you have to enter in, and if you do it, more combat
2: for one. I mean, game. Yeah, damn.
0: Yeah. Like if you don't enter in the com- the buttons precisely, it, it's very unforgiving. I think Tekken Seven or Seven Tekken as a franchise has been a little more forgiving about how you enter in the commands, so you can figure out the moves from just Meshing around, but eventually you got to come up with a strategy and beat your opponent, and it's an excellent game. I'm sorry <laughs> I'm it, sorry awesome. yeah, so fuck you <laughs> whoever that was a <laughs> button mash. I know you were just joking, but whatever, I'm joking too um I so.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <games>. okay <laughs> yeah,
5: yeah.
0: I no, I don't really mean fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, we'll be ne- um, back for the entertainment hanging out as well. Like I said, I have a scheduling conflict because I do this uh, Magic the Gathering. They call it Friday Night Magic every Friday. Uh, the new standard um, was interesting. I got second place last night. I mean, Friday night. Um, and I'm hoping to be in first this week. So. Uh, but I know, did you have anything that you were going to discuss on the entertainment hangout,
2: I don't know because uh, the reason why I say I don't know is because we I, it's so many like debate announcement. I don't call it the announcement; I call it the, the debate announcement. Hey, um, I see stuff like that happens. I just wait to Friday for everything, you know, because also this past week we had the RuPaul Drag Race season nine cast announcement. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So that's why I kind of hate coming up with topics to discuss because I know something will pop up this week or during the week that would just shit on all of it. <laughs> yeah,
5: no,
0: I basically keep a, a tally during the week. I have a you know Google Drive document that I just post, paste all of my content that I've been reading and then, you know, the day before the show I just go back and review it and ask questions like you know the sort of conversations that could be um come up from these news stories. So
2: i just yeah i just know that like, it's just so many of them because like casting announcements um lo- location um like i didn't know black panther was going to be filming in um south korea believe, but chase scene or something like that but the show that the, the they're really filming in pinewood studios if i'm mistaken that's the name of the place and that's like right around the area where y'all stay at Xavier, so i need somebody to be in the area like to give me reconnaissance on how i can get on the set maybe hide in a tree somewhere you know um to see the show the movie getting made also the new friday 13th movie is being made in Conyers right now yeah and um i was like i need to get down there you know sit there and become an actual set or something like that but see just stuff like that comes out every hour on the hour and i was like fast paced is my yes i'm a librarian but my job is very fast paced like i can be in the middle of like trying to post a comment or something, and then somebody would come to my front desk and be asking me 15 gazillion questions. By the time yeah. I get through it, um, it's been posted all over the internet. I'm like, well, look I'm doing it now. But anyway, me, what I'm trying I, to say is I can,
0: yeah. Yeah, and I was <laughs> going to say, you know, mentioning about the Friday the 13th movie. Um, I had to mention my brother's show. I forget. Um, Sleepy Hollow. Yes. uh Season four, episode five. is called Blood from the Stone. Uh, my brother's a producer on the show, and he also wrote this episode. Um, you know, my mom was in it, so I got to like, give her a on that. <laughs> at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, and it was shot in Conyers that, on that same place because uh, uh, I guess it's a Fox studio. And um, what is it? Um, I think Birth of Nation was filmed there. I, I mean, think so. Yeah, it was. So, I mean, it's kind of interesting, Conyers, and uh, I think the surrounding area in Atlanta my brothers let me know that there's 87 uh, film sets uh, around Ooh. Atlanta, Georgia. It's like the new LA as far as uh, filming, simply because they can pay people less. And <laughs> I mean, LA is super expensive to live in, so you have to pay people a living wage. But if you film, you have all the scenery you need. Like the, I mean, it's like a, a former plantation sort of deal, so we could film slavery or horror movies or horror shows because you're out in the middle of nowhere and um, that scene that my mom was in and uh, I got to watch filmed was fucking great. I really did. <laughs> it was so so weird. I was like, oh, that's how they did that. Oh, that's how they did oh! You know, so I was excited. Yeah. Maybe not everyone else will be if they didn't see it filmed, but um, I'm really proud of my brother. He's been trying to be on network television since we were like little kids. Uh, he's 39 now, so I mean, he got his life's dream. By age thirty nine I give him props. I mean <laughs> so and he will I'm sure great career in television so uh, kudos to you and I'm still waiting for that meeting Malcolm but okay yeah. <laughs> you gotta you gotta make it happen. Like I said, um you know they do a lot of filming in Atlanta so uh you know next time we're in town or whatever we will we will have to uh you know make a meeting happen. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um know, yeah, kudos bro. Uh,
5: um
0: and to everyone who uh showed up here today and um i don't know if we got any chat messages no we didn't okay
2: well everyone who uh participated and- oh 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 i'm sorry so, of course wilson will come in at the last minute um wilson's sales says is celebrating lgbtq month and black history month in the uk starts off big in the first two weeks then fills us out yeah so um uh, yeah, and Wilson also mentioned Friday, I'm gonna say this we're gonna be gone. He said that hidden figures, fences, moonlight, and um hidden fences,
0: we're hidden figures, fences, <laughs> moonlight. It, What's the other movie out? Everyone has been making that um mistake. You know, the guy at the golden Globe said that yeah fences.
2: <laughs> Everyone does that though. I don't know. But Wilson said that oh, all those are gonna be they're gonna hit the UK theaters on the same day, so I told him Friday to go to the theater, have a ma- have a marathon of movies, wear his dashiki, and you know, <laughs> and just yellow Black Friday. You know yeah. what I'm
5: saying? So,
0: I definitely feel you on that because um, the movies that they're being nominated are not for political reasons at all. These are really good movies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, what's her name? Yeah, fucking Invictus was great. Dances was amazing. Uh, yeah. You'll see them. You know, I was, I, you know, we had that debate about who's going to win. I really do feel like La La Land is going to win. Um, and that's not because of political reasons, it's because it's a really good movie. But um, these other movies are no less good, though. And it's been amazing to see them and, uh, and to talk to people about them. They're really, really good. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're a little salty about it. You should go yeah. see Love the Land, I'm just saying. If you like musicals, you'll love it. If you don't like musicals like me, um, you'll still love it. It's just good. Um lots of feels, that's what I'm
5: saying.
0: <laughs> I got a I had a wet face at the end of that movie. So. I'm just saying oh. it was good. Um oh so yeah, um, yeah, thank you to everybody who uh you know participated and, and supports M3 and We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the M3 Bear Essentials Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or whichever podcaster you use. And if you would like to get more content from M3, visit MailMediaMind.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, and many others. But most importantly, our link to YouTube, where you can subscribe and get a notification when we go live. There, you can participate in the Q&A and be a part of the conversation. Again, my name is Malcolm Travers, and thank you for listening. We'll catch you next episode.